Welcome to Scream Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist, who was telling me that I was bipolar. I was released with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for about a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using music for therapy and as a way to escape. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Like many of my guests on Scream Therapy, Stephen Gray has used punk rock as an anchor throughout his life. When the lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter of Florida emo punk band Dikembe lost his mom last year, his whole life was thrown sideways. His depression, anxiety, and manic behavior began to ramp up, especially on tour, as the grief of his mom's passing sank in. It wasn't until he went into the studio to record Dikembe's fourth album, Muck, that he returned to therapy and began the process of healing. Writing and playing music has been an integral part of Stephen's life. With the support of his family, friends, band members, and the punk scene, Stephen has been navigating his challenges and honoring his mom with patience and acceptance. My name's Stephen Gray. I play guitar and sing and write the majority of the lyrics in Dikembe. We're a punk band from Florida. We run a collective called Death Protector, and we've been talking about mental health in our lyrics since the very first EP. We've made a few efforts to try and contribute to some programs to help use our podium to do some good. So I'm really excited to be here and talking to you about this. This is great. Why did you choose to do that? Talk about mental health issues with the band. It was just something that it's always been, especially recently in the past five or six years, it's been something that I've realized is music is how I deal with these issues that I've had for so long with anxiety and depression, mania and things like that. Going to therapy and coming to grips with my own stuff, I realized that the things that people connect with in our lyrics are all of these issues that, you know, I was coming to grips with. So we've kind of made a conscious effort to maximize that connection when possible. Yeah, you mentioned mania, which twigged me because I live with bipolar. And I was wondering how that factors into being in the band, playing music, the energy you get from the mania. It's weird because I feel like it's amplified by... When you're playing on stage, you... I don't know if it's just my brain or what but I feel like a completely just this freedom that I don't experience anywhere else and it can last for a while after a show and then all of a sudden my sleeping bag's out and I'm laying on the ground and shit just this crash and on tour it's really weird because sometimes it just feels like oh this is a really good tour or something like that but then you look back whoa what was I doing you know what I mean yeah, even folks, and they're stable in bands. I mean, they're already doing things on the road that they shouldn't be, not eating, not sleeping. But when you factor a mental illness into that, it just kind of puts it to a whole new level. And you talk about things, almost like a weird badge of honor. You're like, oh, I haven't slept or showered in three days. 
in the time, like everybody's just laughing and making jokes, but you look back and you're like, oh, that was super, super unhealthy. I was not in a good spot right there. And it's odd how tour sort of plays into these manic tendencies of just losing it for a couple of days. And you don't even realize because in the middle of it, it's this high of you're playing a show and everybody's happy and odd (laughs) do you feel like you go to a different place when you're playing in the band oh yeah for sure being on stage i feel like i question everything every word is so calculated and i go over it a million times in my brain at a million times a minute but when i'm playing it's like i you know i'm saying those words and i know them they have a melody they're gonna come out people already like them and it's this whole other thing where I don't really have to worry about what I you know say I'm just sort of comfortable in a way that I feel like I never ever am in real life connecting with people and feeling confident oh I don't have to double think what I say every five seconds because we're kind of already connected over this so And do you think that could happen in other scenes the same way as it does in the punk scene? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that that's probably a huge thing in hip-hop as well. Being able to kind of shed that anxious shell and sort of say like, all right, I'm confident that you and I have some strange connection, whatever it is. Like whatever weirdo shit I'm doing up here, you have some sort of connection to it that makes us uh, makes me not afraid i'm not worried because if this deeply personal thing that i'm doing like if you're into it then we're okay i'm comfortable with you this is cool how did you first get into punk and do you remember gravitating towards it music has always been this thing where i sort of retreat and create and that started at an extremely young age, messing around with keyboards and growing up sort of that weirdo connection again, like skating in middle school and meeting these kids that also were weird as hell and like afraid of everybody that they didn't recognize a niche connection with. And starting a band with those guys just to play blink covers or whatever the heck we were doing and that connection to other weirdos has always been the draw but i don't think i got involved involved in the music scene until i was in late high school booking shows i come from south florida which is very hardcore centric and I was never like a huge fan of heavy breakdown bands, but I recognized that the people that I connected with on other levels connected with this, like a gateway into hardcore for me. But it wasn't until I like went to college and I moved to Gainesville and I was able to like start seeing local punk bands play. I like the style of music. I also love what they're saying and they're great people. I'm it for life. This is it, like ride or die. So I've got this theory about punk, and I believe that 
there's something about that that attracts folks with mental health issues. What's your take on that? I think that punk music is finding niche commonalities because there's such a broad spectrum. So not only can you, I don't know, loves Green Day, we're going to be great friends. Their music tastes may spawn very differently than mine. They may be into like pop punk bands, but that umbrella of punk rock in general, we all can gravitate to that. And then through that, you can find those specific weird punk bands that you like and those are the people that you make like your lifelong connections with and you start bands with you know you get matching tattoos with and like weird shit like that so you've been dealing with depression and anxiety for quite a while can you tell me how that looks or how that feels for you um in therapy we're always talking about doubt doubt's the biggest thing with me i never really feel confident ever all the time so with being in a punk band it was like oh now i feel comfortable now i feel confident this is this is a big step and then that held me for a long time it was like this is good enough this is fine and then when i started going to therapy on top of it that's when i could start to kind of recognize the things and and the music that i've been making for i don't know since i was in high school led me to a lot of conclusions about my mental health. So I guess that I've dealt with it for so long and music became like a thing that was the coping mechanism that made my life feel normal, sort of, I guess you'd say. And I think that when that was recognizing just a huge step in acceptance and becoming moderately okay with how things were, so you mentioned coping mechanisms, and I've thought about that a lot as well. How far did that take you, or how far is that going to take you, do you think? Like I said, it's always the anchor for me. I can't even remember really what it was like before that. You know what I mean? Like I remember being like unsure of myself as a kid and then going home and playing on a keyboard along with Phil Collins or something and being like, okay, cool. I'm okay. And just forgetting about all the dumb stuff from school, it's carried me through so long. Just the coping mechanism of being able to play music and make connections with people and things like that. Um, I was really sorry to hear about your mom passing away. I was just wondering how that affected your depression and anxiety. It was, so it's really odd because I had my first real breakdown around 2015 I had a very very severe panic attack that was sort of I don't know world ending and it changed everything I was like I, I do need to get help I've, I've got to figure this out and then after you know years of therapy and medication I was like starting to feel okay and then just out of nowhere my mom passed and it was just devastating it had me looking back on the times that i felt good in the past like few years and i was just sort of like what a fuck up it just it completely just leveled my whole view on the world again it was like everything i had worked towards and there's just there's so many aspects and again guilt and doubt are brutal in combination and so 
you think about things like what could I have done differently? And it, it really had me examine my entire life again, which I feel like I had just spent three years, four years doing. And I, it sort of felt like the reset button and it wasn't fair. And it had me in just the most manic states that I've ever been in, in my whole life. And it wasn't until we hit the studio with Muck that I started to kind of work through it and sort of felt like, all right, let me, let me take a seat and like, look at this and figure out why I feel the way that I do. And that was the best therapy I could ask for because at that point I was in such a bad spot that I refused to go. Uh, after my mom passed, I just gave up on therapy. I was just like, I did it a couple times after tour. And then I was just like, I can't, this doesn't work. Nothing works. Like everything's fucked. And, you know, muck became the thing that was again, my anchor and kind of like kept me, level-headed throughout everything it was sort of like i can talk to the guys about this the the record is extremely open in terms of talking to the guys and it was great therapy it was incredible and it actually convinced me to sort of start looking at therapy again which has been great right on so what kind of therapy have you done just meeting with someone who I really like a lot. So I've been through so many different therapists and we've tried all kinds of different uh, things. And I feel like my mental health treatment is limited by the fact that I have insurance and I am forced to go to the thing that everyone goes to. So it's difficult, but a couple of years ago I found a therapist who is just the best dude on earth I've had therapists try to like make me color I've had therapists try to like just things that I'm sure work just wonders for people but again you feel like you're talking at someone who's on the clock and they're like here try this okay we'll try something else next time it's like okay cool and I was sort of down on it, but then I found this guy and he gave me a guitar. He <laughs> like he gave he straight up gave me a resonator and was like, I don't I'm not gonna use this. He's like, You you have it. And so it's gone from like when he does suggest mindful strategies and things to try, then I feel this guy gets it he like builds guitars and talks to me about that it's incredible it's kind of like a good teacher right you're a teacher same same deal yeah exactly i feel like this dude cares and therefore i will listen to what he says which is something i try to apply to my career as well (laughs) you mentioned after your mom died that you were in quite a manic state what does that look like so we hit the road pretty much right after so it happened super suddenly so i it was the day before the last day of school in the 2019 school year someone had uh told my wife that 
my mom just like, like wasn't going to make it. And so I had to like call out the last day of school and then got back, coped the best I could, which I couldn't. I didn't. It was so sudden and so strange. And then we hit the road right after that. And wow. it was just, it was this really strange thing. And it was so cool because we've we rarely ever get to do the West Coast. So that was sort of like, okay, I, I've got to get through this. We're going to the West Coast. It's going to be awesome. But again, the like full blown mania, just because I'm on the road and the 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 highs are incredibly high, but the lows are just ridiculous, and they would last obscene amounts of time and i feel like hot state would just swap sometimes and it would just kind of be like woof the highest high for days followed by the lowest low for day or hours sometimes it was just it was obscene couldn't control anything it was awful yeah I feel like i ate ate like shit drank too much got way too messed up all the time like it was awful. Um, and the guys had to, like, I feel awful because they sort of had to, like, deal with kind of understanding, like, I'm sure from a distance it was like, this dude's losing it. And they were great about helping me through it and recognizing that and just being incredible. But I can't imagine, like, what they were going through while I'm just messed up all the time and just losing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I can identify with the changing moods, mm -hmm. you know, living with bipolar, you have a few days way up, a few days way down. And I identify what you said about it being out of control because it does feel that way sometimes. Yeah. it's a, And I, I guess I haven't even touched on this yet, but also being in a manic state when you're experiencing mania, I honestly don't know what it's like for everybody, but I feel like I'm floundering all the time. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, I'm just treading water in whatever that water could be super clear and sick and great. And I'm having a great swim or that water could be like just drowning me and I'm just treading it the whole time. And it's like with being on tour, you compound that with the fact that you never know anything about your surroundings sometimes I will just wander. I would just be like on my phone or like having kind of like a breakdown and like crying and trying not to look at anybody and being like just walking away because I keep seeing people who are going to the show and I'm like, you know, losing it. I remember outside of Gilman, uh, it's a venue in um, California. Of course. Yeah, of course. And sometimes I forget when I'm talking to really, really cool podcasts. Anyway, the um being outside there the side entrance is like where the bands are at and a lot of people are walking up and down that street and i remember crashing so hard and just having the worst depressive episode probably of the tour in the streets crying every time i would see a person i'd be like fuck one more block at some point I like look around and I'm like, Oh fuck, where am I? And I like look at my phone and I have to use a GPS to get back. And it's like, if I didn't stop 
what if I were in like a bigger band and there were more people further down? <laughs> Fuck, I could have been gone, dude. What have you done to start to heal from the loss of your mom? So when I got back from tour, a big thing was getting back from that tour was kind of like a pretty large wake up call. It's also when we started like writing super hard. So I did some therapy sessions and I had some very long, strenuous discussions with my wife. And, you know, since then, I've I've sort of shifted my focus from understanding I love Dikembe in its current form and it's not something that anxiety sort of like looms over anymore. After that tour, the highest highs and like bonding with the dudes and just writing this record, I don't care anymore. I have two beautiful girls that I have more than one anchor now. That anchor that I guess part of it the whole time was like when does this anchor ever go away so yeah it was an anchor and it helped but at the same time that doubt is still attached to that and now it's to the point where I'm so happy musically and you know my family is incredible I've sort of tried to hone in on that since my mom's passing and I I feel like that has been kind of a big help a lot of people have dealt with grief Uh, we all have our own grieving over people that we've lost or other traumatic events in our lives can you explain how grief felt to you i know that's kind of a personal question but i think it's important that folks know what it entails um it was so when i speak about my mom's passing i sort of talk about the grieving process as though it already happened but I mean, it still keeps me up at night sometimes, just not having really the time to process and then realizing like, oh my gosh, I'm still kind of messed up about this. But so the grieving process, if I had to describe it, it is so much more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's just from like manic highs and lows, you know, you get used to that relief of being rid of this feeling of like you know someday I will wake up and this feeling that I feel will be gone and I will be so relieved that the feeling will be it'll just be vamos that definitely has not happened with a loss this severe before I mean you lose friends you lose pets and even other loved ones but this severe sudden loss was like this weird thing that you know every time you think you're over you see some weird post from years ago and you're like oh fuck and so I guess I would just say that there have been cathartic moments that have sort of changed the way I think about not just my mom's passing but also life and appreciating what you have in general but it's sort of like a person like waiting in a room with like a boxing glove, just hiding behind something. And at any moment they just pop out and be like, remember this wham. And then you're back at square one and you have to get back to that spot where you kind of realize. So it's weird. I guess it's a knockdown. It's a roller coaster. That's what I'll say. The podcast is called scream therapy. 
when you hear those words, what do you think? It really resonates with me because like I said, when I was younger, when I was first getting into the music scene, it was watching all the hardcore bands and sort of being like, I don't quite understand the appeal of like this breakdown, these shorts and these hats that everyone's wearing. But I understand that everyone here is feeling some sort of catharsis right now. When I hear scream therapy, that's what I think of. I think of whatever subset of punk or hardcore that you subscribe to, you're able to grab someone, you know, put your arm around someone and like scream a lyric in the face of someone who wants to scream that lyric at you because it's making them feel better too. So I guess that's kind of what I take away from it. It's the, the experience. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Screen Therapy. I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about myself. I was born in Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada. I spent more than 20 years in the media industry, managing newspapers and writing and editing for magazines and online publications. After my mental breakdown in 2018, I had to take a break because everything seemed impossible. I needed to focus on my recovery. I did my best to take care of my mental health while dealing with the intense mood episodes of bipolar. I was trying to help other people as well through support groups and also doing some health coaching. I'm doing everything I can, and I've been getting back to the kind of work that I love. This podcast has been a big part of that. After some serious soul-searching, I decided to go back to school at the age of 47. I'm doing a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction at the University of King's College that will allow me to work from home. In two years, I should have a book written. And surprise, it's also called Scream Therapy. And surprise again, it's about the link between punk rock and mental health. I'm excited about it, but I want to be sure that I pay close attention to my symptoms and stay as healthy as I can. One of the most important things about mental health is staying positive. I'm really glad that this podcast has been a big part of my recovery, and I thank you for listening. Screen Therapy is now airing on college and community radio stations. They include my hometown radio station, CGMP, out of Pal River, CJSF 90.1 FM, Simon Fraser University, Radio Humber from Humber College in Toronto, Ontario, and Radio Waterloo, CKMS, from Waterloo, Ontario. You can connect with me at soundcloud.com slash screamtherapy. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care and be well. Thank you.